Hello, and welcome to Execute Chapter 66, a Star Wars fiction podcast where we discuss canon, legends, and beyond. Tonight, we are talking about all kinds of beyond with Revan by Drew Karpishan. My name is Beth Van Dusen, and with me as always are Ryan Schweck and Chad J. Schonk. Over to you first, Chad. This is your reminder that this is a book club and not a review show. We're going to spoil this book. Over the course of our conversations, we may also spoil anything else Star Wars. That has been your spoiler warning. Yeah, I'm Neil Hollinet. There's not too much exciting things going on right now. I think we're in the period again waiting for celebration is coming up soon. So they tend to kind of start holding some announcements on the celebration front. They did, it kind of leaked out, or not leaked, but in the one of the emails they sent out, it kind of confirmed there will not be a celebration next year. They are going to take a year off, which they've done previously. It seems like they're going to kind of settle into this every other year celebration kind of thing. Uh, one day I'll go. Uh, we do know from celebrations now with pretty certain certainty from a lot of different sources there is going to be a film announcement and apparently it is a film that they are already at least in pre-production on <laughs> like no more messing around they're going to make an announcement give a date and tell you what it is that'd be nice supposedly it is not the watiti movie not x-wing the rumors going around that seem to be strong is that it will be a lindolf movie and that it will be post-sequel not only that, it will have sequel characters in it. Now, they're making it seem like they aren't going to be the main stars of it, possibly, but they'll be there. So who knows what it's going to be? Hmm. The fun mystery. Along with our Disney Plus announcements, um, it does appear Ahsoka will release in the fall. They've kind of narrowed down a release window. It makes sense. Iger, if you've been kind of watching Iger, he has talked about Disney Plus is not doing as well as they would like. And it's interesting because he seems to be saying on one hand, they're going to pull back from Marvel some as far as shows go, but they're going to push Star Wars more on Disney Plus, which I, I think makes sense, right? Like Star Wars seems to be doing better on the television side than they have with the movies. And then on the other hand, you've got people saying that Marvel, the shows are diluting what's going on with Marvel. So I would like to disagree with that because I think the only thing that has saved this last phase of Marvel movies has been the television shows. I think the movies have been bad. I haven't seen Ant-Man yet. The movies have not been good in this phase. The shows were great. I agree. Um, you know? I mean, I tell you, about, I, I didn't dislike the movies. You know, I really liked Multiverse, Multiverse of Madness. I, yeah, I liked, I liked Doctor Strange, but like... We've discussed Wakanda forever. Yeah, they've all been kind of lackluster. Yeah. And, and Quantumania, I liked it. Yeah, I haven't seen I it I see yet. what the criticisms are, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, look, I just, we got, we got I just haven't loved the movies, um, and uh, but I love the shows. Yeah. Um, also screw you, screw you She-Hulk haters, by the way. <laughs> She-Hulk is awesome. 
On Disney Plus 2, they did go ahead and, I guess, try to temper some expectations for The Mandalorian Season 3. There's not going to be any Skeleton Key stuff. They also... I did not know that this was a rumor they were going to possibly make a Mandalorian movie, but Favreau shot that right on down and said, nope, not going to happen. On the video game side, you know, we're getting ready for Battle Scars and Jedi Survivor to come out. The early reviews of Battle Scars are good. And apparently the Night Sister Marin, who is a main character in the book, steals the show. Like, hmm. people are loving it. And they also confirmed that the fifth brother is going to be in Battle Scars. Like, Cal is going to fight the fifth brother. What else? Uh, Jedi Survivor, I just want to point out, and we kind of talked about this. So, you know, we talked about the preview for Jedi Survivor, and you see the guy in the big armor that's standing next to what is clearly a High Republic Jedi. So they have confirmed that that is a Jedi, And I was very excited at first. I was like, yay, Jedi, they're awesome. And so if you don't remember, that's who, like, uh, uh, Dirge is, right? The guys that are held together with their, like, all technically mess and they got the armor. Oh, so yeah. I was immediately excited and then realized, I'm going to have to fight a bunch of Jedi. That's going to be terrible. Like, I'm just envisioning now, you think the fight's over, and then the army, the armor comes off, and you're fighting a mess of tentacles. Well, I got a PS5, so I'll be playing with you. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be playing uh, with you. What else? Uh, Young Jedi is going to come out May the 4th. That's going to be kind of their release for that day. Yeah, we'll see. Their young content's kind of been hit or miss. I don't love Resistance. It was fine. It got better towards the end. Yeah, it got a lot better. But the Here's of Destiny was really good. So we'll get that. And then and last things on the publishing side, they are going to publish in, I think it's going to be late September, Dark Horse is going to put out a Tales from the Death Star to kind of follow up on the Tales from Vader Castle. Um, Kevin Scott's going to do it. So, you know, yay Dark Horse. It's like nothing changed. <laughs> Yeah, they're just back doing Star Wars comics. It's just the exact same thing. Like, the publisher changed, nothing else. There was a leak. Um, you know, soon we'll be talking about the certain point of view from Empire Strikes Back. It was noted to so the publisher that does this in their, I guess, what's coming soon. Somebody noticed there's a book sitting in the release schedule, and it's one of the few that doesn't have a price, and it's... 500 and something pages. It's exactly how long it should be. Everyone is expecting it right there. So we are expecting a celebration to get the announcement for the return of the nice certain point of view book. I would like to know if they're going to charge $30 for that book, which is mind boggling, but not on Kindle. I will <laughs> save an audible credit for it. I just can't do it. I try. The, auto, I, the audible so much fun with it. Uh, I, I also don't have 20 hours or however long it is to it's, listen to this. They're quite long. We'll talk uh, about that next time. And then our last bit of publishing news, the summary for Crimson, whatever it is. What is it, Chad? Rise. Crimson Rise. So the um, summary came out, and it is what people thought. It's going to take place between the prologue of Solo and the beginning, and you're going to kind of see how she gets looped in with Drayden Boss. Yep. So, sorry everyone that thought it was going to be heavy Darth Maul action. That is not what we are getting. 
So yeah, that's all the news. What's going on in the comics? Oh, uh, Ryan. Dr. Afra 29 by Alyssa Wong and Natasha Bustos. How's the Ascendant doing these days? Still with the Ascendant. Still with the Ascendant. Still still chasing the Spark Eternal. Doing this whole uh, Afra is in her body, but not in her body. Kind of dual personality thing with the Spark Eternal and Afra. Um, however, at the end of the book, it promises that the next month is the end of this saga. And thank the maker. So, uh, once upon a time, I really liked the story, but it has grown tiresome. It's such a, excuse the pun, it's a spark of a good story. I, yeah. love, the, I love the idea of it, but man, I get it. Afra is trapped in the Ascendant's body. Gotcha. Friends are coming because they still love her. Gotcha. I got that six issues ago. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. exactly. Uh, Yoda number four by Jody Hauser and Luke Ross. A new story arc, this time concentrating on the relationship between Yoda and Dooku as the ancient master convinces his former Padawan to come back to Coruscant and to be an instructor. It's a new creative team on the book, so I'm going to guess that's how they're going to do it from now on. It's going to be like Tales of Yoda, and it's going to be different story arcs with different uh, teams. So, okay, by me. Star Wars number 31 by Sul and Genule. Uh, Our heroes' adventures in no space continue. They're trapped in some sort of like kind of survivor colony and Leia looks for a way out for her and her friends. Oh, and also Lando and Holdo make out. Your cringe may vary, but Lando and Holdo make out. Does she gently stroke his cape? She instigates. So I don't know. Look, if they don't have a scene. And look, I know the Star Wars comics can't get too sexy, (laughs) but just a scene of her like the next morning with a cape gently draped over her. Yeah, (laughs) I really do. That that would be the best. High Republic Adventures, The Nameless Terror by George Mann and uh, Edward Mello, Eduardo Mello. Features a framing device involving Ty Yorick, if you remember Ty Yorick, the uh, saber for hire, who we haven't seen in a while. Um, She tells a story about 150 years ago. So back during phase two of Pathfinders and Explorers as they run into a a mysterious hostile Starcraft on their adventures. It does have Master Rock in it. And he was in one of the books we read, right? Yes. He was in Quest for the Hidden City. Mm -hmm. So Master Rock is in it and it's post that. The story is post that. But uh, yeah, I remember him. So that's cool. And uh, the book was fine. But that's it for comics. On this evening's episode, we're going to be talking about Revan, which kind of spans around the KOTAR games. And we've touched on the KOTAR games a couple of times, just in different talks about... Favorite Sith, favorite Sith Lords, favorite video games. Stuff and like characters, yeah. 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 We've kind of hit on it. But KOTAR, I think, more than any game, has kind of had this lasting impact that I would say probably more than, you know, the Academy games more than, you know, it's a little early to say on the Jedi 
outcast survivor if that's going to be as big of a deal but i just want to talk a little about like what is it about kotar that grabs people so much and has had this big lasting impact it's a really cool story that's really well told i have to admit and this is probably gonna dock my card so i've never actually played kotar i've watched it i've watched all the cutscenes. i've watched it play all the way through i tried to play it and i cannot do the turn taking like that combat thing just yeah. makes me absolutely insane and i was like i can't do this i like well, turn-based combat that's a lot of what was done at the time though is because we're coming out of you know this was before we got into the big all the stuff happens behind the scenes in the turn taking it was final fantasy stuff but if there's one thing Bioware does, it's Bioware writes a good story. I mean, you know, they've fallen on harder times, but uh, Mass Effect would not have been as great as it was if they hadn't had such success with KOTOR. And you can see a lot of the the what happens in, like, the Citadel in Mass Effect. It looks so much like parts of KOTOR, like the first planet you land on. And it's all of the characters are interesting and engaging in something different than we've seen in Star Wars, which was what makes it a great Star Wars game. But Bioware just makes a great story-based game. And I think if it had been done by somebody else, I don't think it would have been as good a game. Just because I don't think the characters would have been quite there enough to pull you in and make you want to replay it. Like every Bioware game, I played it twice as a good guy and a bad guy because I have to see all the endings and I have to see what happens when you just go around being a dick to people. Usually it's something cool. What year did Knights of the Old Republic come out? Uh, is it 2002, 2003? It's around the 2003, July 15th. Okay, so it came out after episode two? I thought it was earlier than that. Okay. Uh, and I was thinking back, is this the first time, and I, uh, I'm sure, is this the first time we saw the Jedi as an order do something really bad? Like the mind wipe. Um, I mean, we've seen, you know, by then there had been a lot of comics that had covered the Sith War and all that stuff, like the earlier stuff. Well, I wouldn't have read the comics at that time, so this would have been my introduction to, oh, the Jedi did what now? And to me, that was like a huge reveal when that happened. Because, you know, the Jedi, I'm used to them being inept. We've all seen that. But we've never seen the Order do something that shady in a, in a popular And it works out. Lion. And it kind of works. Yeah. Yeah. Too. I mean, that's the thing. They do something real shady and it works out. Ref is just a good character. I mean, you know, as far as this game goes, and when we, we talk about the book, we have to point out the fact that they're written by the same guy. That Drew Carpishan was one of the lead writers, if not the lead writer, on Knights of the Old Republic. He the also first. wrote on Mass Effect. He's also That's one of the writers on Mass yeah. Effect. Because mm-hmm. his two not because he writes in the novels he's written are Star Wars novels and Mass Effect novels. Which I believe I've read one of those, and it's good. Um, 
And I like the system. I like the game system. I I, I don't mind um, turn-based combat because I'm too old to play Twitch games now. <laughs> so I kind of long for old turn-based combat. But I also love the system of, you know, grabbing your party. And just like with Mass Effect, taking your party members with you, deciding which party members you wanted to go with you on each planet, um, the storylines for the different characters. Um I don't know. It's just a really, it's a really good game, and it's probably in, and it's not surprising that it's made by the people who made Mass Effect. It's the same type of game, but with a Star Wars skin. Now, Kotar Two was similar. Mm-hmm. Different writers. Different studio. Different, is a different studio. Okay. It was Obsidian. Yeah. They did New Vegas. Is. Now, did yeah, they- was the MMO? turn-based also or is it yeah the mmo the mmo all the dice rolling is done under the count under the table but it still you know ticks off damage when you do damage oh you actually played the mmo yeah i played the mmo i played it um the mmo the old republic mmo is fairly it's it is an mmo but it's not like you're you're not crafting houses or living a second life or anything like that. There's like nine different classes you choose or 12 different classes you choose. And each one has its own story. And it's completely soloable. I didn't play with anybody else. I played so yeah, there's other idiots running around, but you don't have to pay attention to them. You can just play the whole thing solo. I played through it at least three times with three different classes. I wanted to do a Jedi story, a dark side story, and then I did like the smuggler story. That might be worth playing then because I don't play games to interact with people. But if I can solo it, that's fine. Uh, and, and it's a good game. It, it it takes place, I believe, after the events of this. But yeah, about, f- I think I, they said it's about, it's a couple hundred years. Yeah. It's a way, I want to say 400 is what they said. Because there's four years between one and two. And then right. Like I said, I tried playing KOTOR 2 recently. I was enjoying it, but I was like, I just don't know if I can commit to with the graphics and the, the, the control scheme being so antiquated. I didn't think I could commit to like playing it, playing the whole thing through. I just didn't have the time to do that. I have other games that I'm ignoring. Mm-hmm. You know, I have good games that I'm ignoring. If I can barely find time to play Breath of the Wild before the new game comes out, I'm not finding time to play a 20-year-old game. No, I bought The Last of Us Remastered Edition. I was like, am I ever going to spend the time to... And I was like, am I going to spend the time to replay uh, Last of Us? And I probably would, but I haven't (laughs) haven't gotten there yet. I So when I got The Last of Us Remastered, I thought the same thing. And I was like, I just want to see how it looks. (laughs) So then I started playing... And then six hours later, yeah, <laughs> still yeah. going. But yeah, I was just, I just wanted to get on the Kotar yeah. because it, it is. I mean, shoot, there's toys coming out from that game still that sell out. I mean, Malik's about to come out, still is about to come out. Yeah, no, they're characters that resonated with people. They really, they really, they really were. I don't know what their magic formula was, but it really resonated with folks. I mean, I'm pretty sure when we did our best Sith, at least Revan was on there. If if not Revan and Malak, Revan at least has like the coolest mask. We had Revan, and I think we had Malgus, Dark Malgus, on there too, just because mm-hmm. of how cool looking he is. Oh. Uh, from, the, from the second game. 
Oh, that toy no. looks amazing, and it's going to be expensive. We didn't even mention the fact that they were that they announced a remake. That uh-huh. who the hell knows if that's ever going to come out? But they did announce it. Uh-huh. That they were remaking the game, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll play that. I'll play it, especially if they really are making changes to the attack system. If it's turn based and the turns happen behind the scenes in the mechanics, that's great. But yeah, I can't do the turn based. I'll stand here and wait. True Carbishan, the sequel, prequel, sequel, prequel to the Kotar <laughs> franchise. So we start two years after the first game, with Revan being hunted by nightmares of a dark planet and being married to Vastila Shan, because the Jedi just don't want to deal with his crap anymore. After seeking out Mitra, the exile from Kotar 2, and finding her gone, he visits his old Mando buddy, Kandorus Odor, who tells him that the remaining clans are searching for the Mask of Mandalore, and if the wrong person grabs it, they're probably going to go back to war. Revan kind of remembers taking the mask and hiding it, so he agrees kinda. to go... <laughs> <Yeah>, sort of. <laughs> so he agrees to go help Look, leaving him still behind when she discovers she's pregnant. We also meet the ever-subtly named Darth Scourge on the Sith Empire world of... Is it Dormund? Dormund Cast. Dormund Cast, yeah. Dormund Cast, who's been sent by the Sith Emperor to Lord. Yeah, there's so many long Sith names here. Lord Nyrus, Nyrus, to uncover assassins that have been attacking her. After being set up and defending them off and going on some missions with the Sith. Is he? I guess he's an administrator. He's a Sith helper named Setchel. Satchel. I always thought uh, I said Satchel a lot. Little Satchel. Yeah, yeah. I called him Satchel. <laughs> Little Satchel. Um, him and Satchel go to a factory to steal some info, and then uh, once taken in to Nerissus's confidence, ventures to the Emperor's homeworld of Dathema, where he learns that when the Emperor was a much younger Darth Vatade. Vitale, Vitale, Latin for life, not subtle with the Sith. <laughs> yeah, no, we learn impressive that they know Latin. Yeah, much um, like the, much like the Imperials and Solo know Italian. <laughs> we learn that the Emperor extended his life by sucking the Force out of a whole world and <laughs> making a Force void, turning him totally creepy <coughs> and crazy. And, and immoral. Must, yeah, and immoral. It must be stopped by the current Sith Lords and Scourge. 
Meanwhile, Revan helps Candorus get the mask after some ice adventure and fending off people turning on him and discovers a recording of himself leading him back to Nathema. He leaves Candorus behind and he is shot down by Scourge and captured, leaving T3 behind with the Evan Hawk. Insert KOTAR 2. We then join... Yep, KOTAR 2 happens. <laughs> yeah. and we then join Mitra the Exile after the events of the game as she shows Bastilla T3's recording of his capture. Bastilla has the totally awesome idea to give him Revan's mask, which I'm sure will go fine. Mitra goes off to the Thema and finds directions to Dorman Cass. She arrives disguised as a mercenary, makes contact with Scourge, who has been holding Revan prisoner, all drugged up and making frenemies. Scourge meets with Metra and they decide to take down the Emperor because Scourge realizes that the Sith Council will never do it. Scourge leaks the info that Nurses is a traitor and when the Emperor sends his army to attack her and destroy the compound, they free Revan, giving him his mask and restoring all his memories. He kills uh, Nurses and remembers his being turned to the dark side by the Emperor and how to defend himself. After, I'm lucky I read my writing tonight. Is it beer? No. Mm. <laughs> okay, here we go. I got it. After watching some home movies with T3 of his kid, they attack the Emperor with Revan being electrocuted, T3 getting destroyed after using his flamethrower, which all our T-Droids should have. And then when Scourge and Mitra go to attack, Scourge turns on and kills Mitra, realizing that the visions he's been having show a victory, not from Revan, but someone far from now. The Emperor rewards Scourge with a painful immortality, and Revan gets put in the cage to be interrogated about the Republic, unknowing he is also planning doubts of the attacking to the Empire, saving uh, the Republic from ruin. Our book ends with a flash-forward to Revan's son and Bastilla, reflecting on not being with those jerk Jedi, and sure that Revan succeeded as they are all still alive. Insert the MMO. <laughs> I did not realize how much of a tie-in this actually was when I started to read it. Me either. I had no idea it was going to be this much of a tie-in. When the jump happened, I was like, wait, did I, did I miss something? Did part of my book get cut out? So, let's start with. This book has a ton of hate. It is one of, if you go, you know, to the various Reddits and all those things, it is one that has some of the most divisive opinions on it. A lot of it, like as I was reading, seems to be, well, one, people don't like how he wrote the second half and how he treated the exile Mitra. But what I think it, it looks like it comes down to is people were so invested in how they played the game and the choices they made and yeah. the story they made that setting it like this in stone and making the story just turned so many people off. I mean, if I recall in the game, you could be female, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's all that was always the fear of adapting this, right? Is you, you is you have if, if you're in a game like that, yeah, you have to choose 
I mean, I don't know. You said you read a Mass Effect novel. Do you remember what they did with Shep? Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, I wonder what they do. It, with it was. It was. I don't think it was a. I don't think I read one of the Shepherd books. I think I read oh, an okay. Andromeda book. Okay. Be extremely divisive Andromeda, <laughs> but so with the choices that you can make in the story of the game, though, I don't understand because I played it as good and as evil. I played both times. I wrote my own story, and I understand that this isn't the story that people wrote, but of course it's not going to be the story that you wrote with the game because it's a book. And Drew Carpishan having written the game means that he had the story in his head, I am certain, the whole time of how this story would really play out. So to me, Revan is his story. We just happen to play along with it and get to make some choices. Well, what these people wanted was they wanted KOTOR 3. Mm-hmm. This, book is, this book is just KOTOR 3. Well, the weird thing is, it's not even KOTOR 3. It's KOTOR 1 and a half. Yeah. KOTOR 2 yeah. and a half. It's true. And, and like... Spoilers, this thing has a pretty, pretty depressing ending mm-hmm. for our main characters. And, um, I mean, I guess it's supposed to, at the end, supposed to spring a little bit of hope at the very end or, or show you that Revan, you know, Revan's sacrifice wasn't in vain or whatever, but it's mm-hmm. still, it's still a pretty down ending for, for our heroes. Um, they kill the droid. You never kill the droid. Well, I, I mean, mean, I didn't mind them killing the droid in the last book that we read, but this droid, I, guess, I mind. I guess Rogue One, you kill the droid too, mm-hmm. but usually, usually you don't kill the astromech. Whoever kills the astromech. Well, we know HK-47. HK-47 is alive and well out there somewhere. Yeah, but killing an astromech is like throwing a puppy under a bus. Yeah, that's true. It I was mean, upsetting. Yeah. He got his awesome flamethrower moment. He did get to his flamethrower moment. <laughs> he did flamethrower yeah. the emperor. Going back to part one. One thing I really liked in this book and how he characterized them is a group that I'm usually not a big fan of. I really like how he characterizes the Mandalorians. I think he did a really good job of how different their society is. And like when he goes through like, yeah, they're, they're not mad at the Republic anymore. Like they lost, they're good with it. <clears throat> and they have this like, we're not angry at you. We respect you kicking our asses. <laughs> I was like, all right, <laughs> I can I can get on board with that. Well, when they go looking for the mask, uh, they kill all these people in another clan. And the Candorus, cl- yeah, Candorus is like, yeah, they they won't come back. It's our territory now. They're fine with it. We beat them fair and square. Like, yeah, okay, it's, it's so good. I wish we would see some of that on the Mandalorian, like some characterization like that. Like when you get beat, you're like, yeah, you're pretty awesome. That's <laughs> <It> settled. <laughs> It did. I, I liked reading this book now too, with the mask of the man or the mask of Mandalore, especially with the rumors that the mask of Mandalore is going to be on the next season of the Mandalorian. And I had forgotten all about the mask of Mandalore. <laughs> yeah, I, if if you would have asked me, I would have said maybe it was something you collected in the game. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't remember. Rem- I didn't remember the story point about it. Let's see what else in part one. Yeah, I was good too. I do like how the Jedi in the beginning, like, yeah, Revan got married. They don't really like <laughs> yeah. him. And they're just kind of like, yeah, we're Jedi still, but uh, 
they don't really want to talk to us. Like, At first, I was like, oh, we're in one of those groovy Jedi eras where they allow marriage. <laughs> right. Because everyone's because, you know, the Jedi go through their phases. And, I, th- you know, sometimes they have phases where people are allowed to get married. I thought they were going through one of those. And he was like, no, they're still not allowed to get married. They just he just doesn't care. And they don't care enough about him. And, they feel uh, kind of bad. They did that whole memory wipe thing. So, so yeah, you can have a wife. Sorry, we took your memory. Have a wife. They literally say in this book that if Revan hadn't saved the galaxy, the Jedi probably would get rid of him. Mm-hmm. That if he hadn't saved the galaxy, which is pretty much the pinnacle of what you can do in, in, in life, is save the galaxy. If he hadn't saved the galaxy, he would be trash to them. <laughs> well, and I like Revan in this with the relationship because it's... It's what the Jedi could have if they would just, you know, chill out a little bit. It's what Anakin could have had if he, if he hadn't been instilled with all those Jedi hangups because he thought love and happiness would strengthen the Force and, and make them better at using the Force. And it did him. And it could have Anakin. It's just, you know, Anakin. So the other big part of the first half is... Oh, Darth Scourge, the Sith, and the setup of the Sith Empire, which I think is a good setup. Like, I I think he did a good job establishing how the Sith Empire works out there. Yeah. Um, it's very Dunish. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's a little Dunish. All the talk of the Emperor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's also so much like the Empire that we know. Like, she she got some old books and was like, yep, this sounds like a great idea. I'm going to get me one of these. Yeah, except in his galaxy, none of the others are Sith. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot like, uh, did you read Star Wars Legacy when it was coming out with uh, yeah. Cade Skywalker, where you see the Sith having their little council and stuff? Um, yeah. And I think he does a good job without coming out and you know, explicitly saying like, oh yeah, the Sith are never going to work. Like showing how these dudes are never going to run a functional government. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're always going to like be stabbing each other in the back. They're too busy stabbing each other in the back. Like planning, but then they're like too scared to actually do anything because it will mess up their power. No, I I liked how they presented German costs and, and this idea of, of the Sith. Um, I don't. I, I don't think it's canon anymore that there's a race known as the Sith, right? I don't feel like we've seen that in new canon, right? No. Because because that's one thing that was introduced in the comics was the idea of this Sith species, uh-huh. and they have them in the Old Republic game uh, in the MMO. Um, you could be a Sith, I believe, or you at least encountered them. So, but this idea that they were a species first. Uh-huh. Kind of a different take on it than I think what the main canon is now. I, I like his reaction, uh, Scourge's reaction to Satchel when he feels that he is he has no force ability. He he's thinks of him as, oh, you're a Sith, but you have no force ability. You are lower than our human slaves you're or Twi'lek slaves or, or all their other various slaves that they have. A lot of slavery in this a book. A lot of slavery. Mm-hmm. An uncomfortable of- amount of slavery. Especially because they're all non-human slaves. Like if you see, like a, I think it was what they mentioned the Twilights. 
maybe a Togruda, maybe they talk about. I can't think of who else it is. But like every time they see some other alien, they're like, yeah, that's a slave. I'm going to say in 2023, that doesn't, it doesn't feel great. <laughs> it, it, it was a little much. <laughs> and then when you get to the second part, Mitra is like, yeah, slavery is real terrible. I mean, I'm not really going to do anything about it, but. <laughs> Yeah, because she, she's talking to a slave and she's like, God, I wish I could help him. Oh, well, back to my job. <laughs> if I didn't have a laser sword on me. <laughs> Karshan, he, he likes some cis sorcery, doesn't he? Yeah, he likes the magic. Yeah, he likes a, a big a big deal. <laughs> I said, like some ridiculous Like a thing. thought bomb. Yeah, it was, yes. it was very thought bomb. But I like in this, I'm like, I like that he just ruined that home. Like sucked like everything, everything out, out of, of it. it. Sucked the color out of it. That was one of the details I really liked. Where they're like, yeah, there's not even like color on this planet, and it makes you sick to go down there. I, I like that. I liked when they told us the story of Dark Darth Vitale, whatever, and him becoming the emperor. I thought that was a really cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I like this. It was just really steeped in this kind of deep lore. That was a lot of fun. The only thing I didn't like about the Emperor, he felt a little too close to Palpatine. Like reading it, it felt like just another Palpatine. He is every Sith. That is true. Even the non-canon ones. I I mean, I like that he won. Yeah. Just flat out wins, you know. And I like to think he just hangs out in his chair every day. Like every time I go, he's just in like a in big room. Sh- he's in like a big room, yeah. big empty he's, room, and he's yeah. facing the wall. He's not even like facing yeah. there, and he's just slowly goes, and turns turns around. Around. "Hey, buddy!" It's like some Doctor <laughs> Evil shit. Yeah. So yeah, so then we get to the the jump. Yeah, four which, year jump. Which was yeah, it was a little jarring. I did have to pause my reading and go reread the plot to Kotar too because I was like, I don't know what happened. So I, I do think it's interesting, you know, just talking about the kind of criticism this book gets. And, and I didn't notice it, I guess, because I didn't play Kotar as much. Uh, if people are upset more about the second half of the book and how he writes and treats the exile. Um, and how, you know, she just gets stabbed and knocked off, which you got to kind of do just for... You know, to get to the MMO and to finish the story. Um, I don't think she just gets stabbed and knocked off. I mean, she's in the whole book. It's a, I it's mean, a, I, it's a, yeah. yeah, it's in a pretty dramatic moment mm-hmm. when it happens. You know. I, it actually it, shocked me. It actually it, shocked. It felt earned. Like it, it felt earned in that moment. Like, oh snap, she's dead. Oh scourge! Of course, he'd betrayed her. It did. Sh- I found it a shocking moment because I because I knew this character was the lead character from the second one, so I was mm. not was not expecting it. I think it's more shocking too because Scourge. You get a lot of good scenes with Scourge, particularly in the second half, being exposed to Revan and a Jedi for the first time, and you get a difference that I don't think we've seen a lot, where these Sith really don't understand the Jedi and don't get the light side. And so there's all that talk about the visions and how they work. And that's something he doesn't understand. Um, And how Revan uses the force and he kind of starts to buy into it. Even when, you know, there's the weird fake out where (laughs) Revan's like, yes, my friends are coming. (laughs) 
Yeah, dude, you made that up. <laughs> they don't even really understand how the force works. They just know that it's a tool to use. So he he's like, wait, how you have visions? This is a thing that happens? Because they don't they don't get it. They're not taught about the force. They just use it. So I thought it was really interesting for him to to go, oh, you could teach me about the Force? That'd be cool. It reminded me of Maul, how Maul had, um, in Shadowhunter, his excitement of meeting a Jedi for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and like like these guys, they're they're bred to hate the Jedi with, with every bit of their blood, but they, they've never met one. Because as if they're always in hiding. And I think they do a good kind of parallel between the first and second halves with Scourge. You know, where in the first half, you've kind of got uh, Nurse, Nurses teaching him that, you know, he draws his power from all the fear of everyone around him. And when he can't do it to droid, she kind of teaches him how to pull it from within. Yeah, that, I thought that was cool. He was ineffective against droids because he couldn't mm-hmm. pull out. He couldn't thrive on their fear mm-hmm. and then you get Revan that's in the second neat. half that's pretty yeah. neat you get Revan in the second half kind of teaching him like no like the force is everywhere and you just kind of open yourself to it and you'll be just as powerful and he buys into itself until he makes with the stabbing but even with the stabbing like is Scourge isn't the bad guy like no he's not he realizes that that vision he's had he finally gets a vision and realizes that it's not Revan. Like, that's not when the Emperor dies. Well, he's still a bad guy. He's just a bad guy in the moment. He's playing the long game. The really long game. But then by the time the good guy comes along, you know, he's he's going to bide his time and prepare for when the good guy comes along. When the good guy comes along, we don't know. He doesn't know how long in the future that vision happens. He could be wrecked because after what the emperor does to him yeah he'll live forever but he says he'll get used to being in constant torment but you know will he really will he be insane by the time that good guy comes around so does the second book and i don't know does the second book follow him still no it's like 300 years later okay yeah like i wasn't sure if we were gonna get more of like scourge i I don't know he could be i guess if he's immortal he could be in it yeah. But, um, all I know about it is that it involves a descendant of it involves a Shan, a descendant, a descendant of Revan and Bastilla is like the lead character. But it's not like it's not it's not their son. It's not Theron. It's further down the line than Theron. Gotcha. So it's been a, it's been a couple generations. The MMO doesn't. You said you pick a different class, so it's not like you're a Shan. No. No, no, okay. you're, you're your okay. own person living out your own story. Because Revan's story finishes in the MMO. Yeah. And you get all the weird. I read it where he splits between a light half and a dark half. and. Yeah, I don't even remember. I yeah, I don't remember. I think I got to that part. part <laughs> I don't. It was a long time ago. I just know eventually he turns back to light and he finally gets to rest. This is, this is really complicated because it involves couple of books and several games worth of story and it's it's yeah. all over the place it's pretty intricate mm-hmm. I'd like to go back and read I would like to see them and particularly Karshan if he would write a book of Kotar like they say the just, game just put it down 
yeah, put it yeah. down. This is how I would do it. Like, I think that would be a really cool book. A canon book. Yeah. Yeah, write your playthrough. Mm-hmm. And write, and write a canon book. Let them say, like, this this happened. You know? Mm-hmm. The story happened. So if he has to adapt, uh, adjust it in any ways to match what we know now, you know, like maybe how lightsabers are made, things like that, or whatever, some stupid little detail. They could change that stuff. It does end on a really downer note for Revan, though. <laughs> Just after it's a all pretty rough that, existence. It's a pretty rough existence. Uh, he gets his mask. He finally knows what he did and why he did it. And yeah. Now you're in a cage. <laughs> like, in a cage forever. Yeah, Set on. <laughs> it was a cool little like slide in there that 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 feeding on him kind of worked as a two-way street. And so he could like yes. plant the doubts in the Emperor's head. Like, yeah, you don't, you don't want to go mess with that. Well, it, it almost plays out like Revan doesn't have any regrets. Mm-hmm. He's doing what has to be done. And every, every moment he's there fighting with the guy is a moment. The guy's not invading the Republic. He's almost, he's doing it willfully as well. You know, he, he knows he's trapped, but he's, He's still figuring out a way to help people. But leading into that, first his droid gets disintegrated. His best friend gets all stabbed up. Then he gets imprisoned. (laughs) Our best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but before, but yes, before that, Mitra gets killed and T three gets killed. Yeah. So it's not an up ending. His son is orphan. His son loses his father. And Bastilla goes to sleep dreaming about him in her old age. In her old age, yeah. (laughs) And they're just kind of left with like, yeah, I mean, I guess he won. I don't know. No one's attacking us today. It's like a win. Yeah. Keep it up, buddy. Yeah, Yeah, but there's just so much more Old Republic that I wish they could. They, I wish they had done or they would do. Because there's so much story left in there. There's four novels. And then... um, just the three games, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and all the novels came out around the the MMO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had when I sat down to read this, I didn't know what to expect. But what I did not expect was a bridge between games and this directive a tie-in. And I enjoyed it. And it is it does say based on the epic new video game from Bioware and Lucas Arts. I was going to ask if it had the Stop. sticker on it. <laughs> yeah, that's a, oh, that's not a sticker. It's a, that's a permanent. Printed, that's printed <laughs> on the book. Yeah. <laughs> Based on the epic new video game from Bioware and Arts. Overall, I thought it was a good book. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I always like these old Republic books. Mm-hmm. I do too, and I wouldn't be uh, averse to uh, reading the second book. He, yeah, he has one more that he wrote, and then there are two others written by two other authors. Yeah, hey, it's a, yeah Star Wars is still doing stuff like this. Like, we got... We're still seeing the tie-in books to the games like this. Battle Scar is going to come out. We have Battlefront books. Yeah. We need to touch those Battlefront books. They're Alexander Freed. You like Alexander Freed. Mm-hmm. I do like his space battles. And I don't know I don't know shit about Iden Verso and that whole story. That whole Inferno Squad story. It's a good one. Is the book just that? Uh, It's that and there's some other stuff in it. The, oh, the it? only thing I... I don't love about it is that game and that her story was kind of advertised as yeah you're gonna be an imperial and this is a true believer you're gonna play on their side and that's how they put it out and then you don't <laughs> yeah and then it switches 
Which, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard to make your protagonist on the space Nazi side. Very true. At least at least they they can't end up on the space Nazi side. They can venture into the space Nazi side. They can be temporary space Nazis. <laughs> it can be a phase you go through. I, I went through a space <laughs> Nazi phase for a yeah. while. <laughs> yeah. I thought they had good coats, and then I realized they were bad dudes. So, uh, Beth, what are we doing next time? Next time, we are going to read from a certain point of view... The Empire Strikes Back. Yay. Another anthology book with authors such as Christy Golden, Beth Revis, Mike Chen, John Jackson Miller, Daniel Jose Older, uh, among many, many others. And with a big anthology book like that, a special guest will be joining us as well. I like these books. These are good. These are fun books. I'm, I find I'm it really hoping, odd. They have hoping announced. Jedi comes out. Yeah, I think it's weird they haven't announced the Jedi one. I mean, this is the year. This is yeah. the year. If they're doing them on time, but you know, I don't remember big, uh, big announcements for the other two. So, yeah, I wonder if they just kind of slip, slip out. Kind of just slide out there. Yeah, I don't know. But they're 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 real fun. This one's long. This one's long. This one's very long. This is this one's like a Zon novel, almost in length. Yeah, I'm sorry. When I told you to get the audiobook, I didn't realize I was telling you to get an 18 hour audiobook. I'd forgotten it was it's that so long. long. It's so <laughs> long. I just put it on. I was like, "What the hell?" The, I think that's. I think the only thing longer I've listened to is Lesser Evil. But like, uh, you know, if you're going to get an audiobook, you you go with no, the I, tried and true narrators, and then it's, it's got some one. nice narration by Sam Witwer. It answers the age-old question Star Wars fans have wanted to know since The Empire Strikes Back came out. What was the Tauntaun thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Was the Wampa a mother? (laughs) The answer to these questions and so many more are coming soon. All right. Well, thank you guys and thank you all for joining us. We will talk to you all soon. Roger, roger.